0: Well, if you have a Bible with you this morning, I would like you to turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. And we will look this morning at verses 19 through 24. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. Um, There are Bibles in the backs of the chairs in front of you if you want to use that. Or, if you're with us this morning and you don't know how to use a Bible, that's okay. You can just listen along. I will read everything uh, that pertains to the message this morning. If you're visiting this morning, we have spent the last year and a half, starting in January of 2018, having breaks, a few breaks in between for missions conference and holidays and things like that. But we've basically spent the last year and a half working through the book of Ephesians. And this morning, we come to the very end of the book. Uh, Two weeks ago, because we had the special service for Labor Day weekend, excuse me, last week, um, two weeks ago, we looked at the very last piece of the armor of God, praying at all times, every piece of the armor immersed in prayer. And now as we come to the end of the book... The Apostle Paul, the author of this book to the church at Ephesus, says, pray also for me. And let me read for you this morning, starting in verse 18 through the end of verse 24. Paul writes, praying at all times in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ, with love incorruptible. Well, our first point this morning is a prayer for boldness. Paul specifically asks the believers in Ephesus to pray for his boldness as he strives to faithfully and clearly share the gospel. Again, in verse 19, he says, Pray also for me. That words may be given me. Lord, I want words. Give me just the right words. He's asking them to pray for him that God would give him just words. The right words in opening my mouth to boldly, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Oh, Lord, give me the right words to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Now, that term, the mystery of the gospel is important in the New Testament. It's found primarily in the book of Ephesians and in the book of Colossians. And as I have shared with you on other occasions, spending quite a bit of time on this, the mystery of the gospel does not refer to something that is mysterious, but rather to something that was veiled in the Old Testament in the past, veiled in types and symbols, but now is completely disclosed with the coming of Jesus Christ and with, the on, at this time, the ongoing completion of the New Testament. The mystery of the gospel is that all men and women are sinful and in need of a Savior. That Jesus Christ came into the world as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That he died on the cross as a substitute for our sins and victoriously rose from the dead. And salvation comes by faith alone in what Jesus Christ accomplished in his death and resurrection. That is the mystery of the gospel now disclosed, now unveiled. And I want you to think with me this morning. Paul was in a Roman jail, most likely in shackles. But his prayer is not that he be healed or freed from prison and suffering. I just find that fascinating. It's not wrong to pray that someone would get out of prison or that someone would be freed from suffering, but Paul doesn't ask for prayer for that. I just think that's so interesting. He doesn't he doesn't ask them to pray for that. His great concern was his testimony and witness for Christ. In verse 20, he says pray. He says I'm an ambassador in chains. The reason I'm in prison is the gospel. So pray that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Now I want to ask you this morning, I think, an important question for this text. Why is Paul asking these believers to pray for his boldness? Why is Paul asking these believers to pray for his boldness? And we need to think of the context. As I have shared with you so many times in the past, context is king when we're interpreting the Bible. And the context here is absolutely crucial. We have spent the last three months talking about spiritual warfare and the armor of God. And that has everything to do with Paul's prayer or request for prayer. The Apostle Paul knew the fierce intensity of spiritual warfare and desperately needed prayer for God-given boldness. And I want to stress that phrase, God-given boldness. So, why does Paul pray for boldness? I want to give you two thoughts here, and they're at the opposite ends of the spectrum. I think Paul asked for prayer for boldness for two reasons, two opposite reasons. First, I think Paul asked for prayer for boldness because he was afraid. We're all afraid. When it comes to sharing the gospel in a hostile culture in which all Christians of all time have lived, When it comes to sharing the gospel, we can easily be intimidated and we can easily be afraid. Paul was gifted. He was courageous. He was spiritually strong, but he was still afraid. And if we're honest, all of us are, and that includes me too. I don't care how outgoing you think you are. We all, get intimidated we all are afraid and let me say this morning if the great apostle paul needed prayer for boldness how much more do we we all need to pray for each other that we would be bold in proclaiming the life-giving truth of the gospel of jesus christ there is an important parallel passage to ephesians 6:19 and 20 and that is found in colossians verses 2 through 4 These are companion passages. And I want you to... This is going to be on the screen. And I just want you to think about what Paul requests in his letter to the Colossian believers. He says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim, watch this, the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So if we take that passage, this passage from Ephesians and that passage from Colossians and set them side by side, he is saying, pray for me that God will give me just the right words. Pray for my boldness. Pray that God will open a door for the message and pray that I may proclaim it clearly. Wow, that's a powerful prayer that I believe scripturally we ought to be praying for each other. So Paul says, I need God-given boldness. But there was another reason Paul, I believe, asked for prayer for boldness at the opposite end of the spectrum. Paul also needed prayer because he didn't want to trust in his human strength and in his human wisdom and in his human boldness. Paul was gifted. He was trained as a Pharisee. He was intellectually and academically extremely gifted, and he knew it. And he wanted to be so careful that he wasn't trusting in his human boldness but rather in God-given supernatural boldness. And that ought to be true for all of us. I don't care how clever you think you are. I don't care how well prepared you are, how much knowledge you have. Do not, do not rely on your own human strength. You need Holy Spirit-empowered boldness, and Paul knew that he needed it too. Another important passage, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, and this will also be on the screen because I want you to see it. Personal thought here. I believe every pastor, every teacher, every small group leader, every Bible study leader, anyone who teaches the word of God needs to memorize 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. I want you to see what Paul says here. He says, when I came to you, brothers, I did not, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now watch this. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not, they were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. I think there is a sense in every one of our lives. In fact, I was challenged with this many years ago when I first went in ministry, especially when I began preaching. I memorized this and I say it constantly when you approach that Bible lesson, when you approach that teaching lesson, when you go to share the gospel with a co-worker, with a friend, with a family member, with a stranger, there ought to be a sense of fear and trembling. There ought to be a sense in which you want the power of the Holy Spirit. Not your natural abilities, but your Empowerment from the Holy Spirit. He says, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And think of it, Paul lived at a time when there was great emphasis on being a public speaker, a great orator. The Greeks placed a lot of emphasis on great public speaking, and Paul says, I don't come to you like that. I come in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul prays, pray for me. Pray for me also that I will have boldness. I need boldness because I'm afraid. I need boldness because I don't want to trust in my own human wisdom, in my own human boldness. Well, our second point this morning is a very personal ministry. As we come to the end of this book, the book of Ephesians, Paul is very personal with them. Paul was not a detached aloof theologian writing distant letters. He was intimately concerned about the believers to whom he ministered. And he says in verses 21 and 22, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts if the believers in Ephesus were going to pray for Paul, they needed to know how he was doing. And so he says, so you know how I'm doing. You know how I am. I've sent Tychicus. Tychicus was a frequent companion of the Apostle Paul. It was Tychicus who delivered the letter from Paul to the Ephesian church. It was Tychicus who delivered the Colossian letter to Colossae. To the believers there. Paul knew him well. He knew Paul well. And notice he's called the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. He was a good man, righteous man, a trustworthy man. And he said, I have sent him to you for this very purpose. Here's his twofold purpose. Here's why he's coming to you, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. That's great. Here's Paul in prison, in shackles. And he says, I want you to know how I'm doing. But I want you to be encouraged. What a great model for all of us. Yes, we can share with others how we're doing, what our needs are. But let us always be encouraging, encouraging, encouraging. Let us always want to see others encouraged. Well, verses 23 and 24 bring us to the end of our study of the book of Ephesians. Paul writes, Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Two thoughts here. Number one, verses 23 and 24 comprise a fairly familiar way of ending Paul's letters. In fact, this was a familiar way of ending Christian correspondence. Letter writing back then was extremely important. I mean, we're so used to texting and emailing and other ways of communication. But letter writing was so important. Your introduction, your conclusion. And this is often how Christians would conclude... Their correspondence with other Christians. So that's one thought. But the second thought is. Everything Paul shares in these last two verses. He's already explained in the book of Ephesians. We'd have to go back through the whole book. To explain all these terms. So he's. It's like we're reading this in one sitting. Peace. The peace of God that he talked about in Ephesians 3. Love with Faith. A genuine love that is produced by the Holy Spirit that comes through faith in Christ. A love incorruptible which Paul talked about in a number of places in this letter. And then he says with grace. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. If I were to pick one word that describes the book of Ephesians, it would be grace. We are saved by grace. We are sustained by grace. The only way we're able to do what we do as Christians is by the grace of God. His undeserved favor and kindness toward us every second of every minute of every day. In fact, after communion this morning, we're going to sing grace greater than our sin. And that's what grace is. It's greater than any of our sins. So as we go to communion this morning, as we share the Lord's supper together, first, let us be reminded that we need to pray for one another. We need to pray for boldness for one another, that we would speak the gospel clearly and we would do it with God-given, Holy Spirit-infused boldness. And as we go to communion, let us remember, no matter what you're struggling with this morning, God's grace, God's grace is always greater than your sin. Grace be to all of you. At this time, we will share the Lord's Supper together.